there, I'm AR. And I'm RN, and I'm also back! Woohoo! I bet you missed me. Actually, I wouldn't- Yeah, we, we, we missed you, RN, we, we missed you. Yeah. Right, yeah, right, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We did, we did, we definitely. did, we did, it was, we were sure. very missed. Okay, <laughs> this is the 13th log and the fifth rant. Yeah, oh, you bet, bet it's a rant. It's a rant, it's been a long time, but it's a rant. <laughs> I bet, I bet everyone, I bet everyone who's listening just went, oh no. Not again. Because, not again. <laughs> We're gonna be uh, But we are looking at Pokemon. Welcome to the Lore Research Lab. Today's thesis, folks, what are our starter Pokemon? What is there to know about them? And just general stuff. It's time to deep dive, folks. Because of reasons. And we're back. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, RN's back, so we just need to take a moment to celebrate. Welcome welcome back. It's good to have you. Thank you. For season uh, two. To be back. This is your first episode in season two. Woohoo! Woo! We've got lots of exciting things planned. Yeah, life is There's just life. life. So life it, is great. It, it was hard to coordinate, but finally RN hmm. is back. And that's what's important. I am yeah. back. Very excited to talk about some new things. I'm gonna say hopefully we get to focus on a couple more diverse games this season yes. so we'll talk some pokemon i've got an episode in the works that i'm really excited about which is a game we haven't talked about yet so yeah, that's exciting not at all so there's some there's all kinds of stuff that's happening in the background it's just a matter of actually getting it released and writing the stuff so you know we're trying our best i have to folks. finish i also have to finish the game in question yeah which hasn't happened i, I also have something work i'm working on something as well and i I have to beat that game as well. Very similar reason. So I can't talk about it if I haven't really beat the game. Yeah, that, that feels a bit like, because um, I feel like if you're discussing a game and you've not finished it, you'll just kind of get to concluding statements and be like, yeah, this game was, I don't I don't know how it ends. I, I low-key cheated. <laughs> I low-key cheated for my Sword and Shield review because I actually haven't fully completed the DLC. Like I'm very close to finishing it, but I haven't. So. <laughs> done, done. But it's a DLC. So it's like, it's a DLC. So technically people yeah. who are buying like, the game. That's okay. It's a like, that's like, okay. I feel like But the core game for like games where we have to beat the core game. Yeah, it's not yeah. actually the easiest to review a game. Like. Breath of the Wild, yeah. we dedicated all of the first season to talking about that because we both beat the game. So yeah. that made so sense. I feel, like, I feel like I'd be like trying to review this game and I'd be like, yeah! So I'd be raving about all of this and I get to the conclusion and be like, you know, so I haven't actually finished the game. Tell me how it is when you get to it. <laughs> that it would be doesn't very, make any sense. It'd be very ineffective, but let's come back to the topic of this let's episode come back. before let's we start derailing as per usual so looking back we just at know, like i'm just gonna say i would just let's just put an apology for or any and all derailing apology for headphone users happen. apology for the side tracking that happens we are very sorry um but okay let's go yeah let's get this show started so okay when i was writing and discussing my sword and shield review i realized that the st like starter pokemon because i talked about them in, in good length um, I, I had this idea that, like, you know, starter Pokemon can actually have a huge role in someone's overall enjoyment of a given Pokemon game, uh, in the core series games. Uh, mostly because, like, basing off of personal experience, I really like starter Pokemon. I do have, like, a kind of nostalgia and liking towards them specifically. Um, all the necessary links will be listed in the description. It's like a freaking essay, honestly, because there's so many. <laughs> I didn't want to miss anything, and for people who don't know those kinds of- Oh, I should mention, uh, any Pokemon that discuss- any Pokemon- <laughs> any episode that discusses Pokemon 
um, ever since the beginning of season two, I am discussing it with the idea that you have listened to the episode where I actually talk about explaining Pokemon. So none of this will make sense, as does my Sword and Shield review, if you haven't listened to that one. So I definitely recommend going back to that one if you haven't listened to it already. If you have, uh, I hope you enjoy your stay here. Uh, but anyways, we have a lot to get through, so buckle up for the ride. <laughs> Whoop, it's gonna be a great ride. Uh, um, if you haven't tried to smash your head against a wall by the end of it, I will be deeply impressed. This is a ride at the end you. of the day. This is this, We did make a lot of notes and I did do some digging in preparation for this episode, but the thing is that this is still mostly a rant at the end of the day, so it's not gonna be the most descriptive or best explained. <laughs> well written. Uh, yeah, that too. Yeah, uh, we're, I'm lacking those skills at the moment, so you have to accept that hey, going Christmas. in as well. It's Christmas. I'm not being paid. I mean, it's I, holiday I, I time. I just, I just want to not. I'm not properly, getting paid. I'm, I'm not, not trying to grammar paid. here. I'm not trying to yeah. grammar here. So neither of us are being paid to be able to English. So exactly. If we were, then I'd, I'd, I'd care more, but I. <laughs> um. Okay. So let's get this started. So we will start talking about starter Pokemon origins. So how do players meet them and how, how do they become your first Pokemon? How does a starter Pokemon become a starter Pokemon? It's kind of, it's pretty straightforward actually. Each region across the franchise corresponds with a professor in the region who specializes in a certain area of study relating to Pokemon in a broader sense. And with some exceptions in certain games, uh, the professor of the region provides the pair with an option uh, uh, choosing between three different Pokemon basically at the beginning of the game. But technically this isn't the first thing you do. You, you're, when you open up the game, the first thing you do is not choosing between starter Pokemon. The first thing you do is there's some usually something to deliver and you have to get some kind of item beforehand. So it's like you need some like tool or item, something like that before you can receive uh, the Pokemon themselves. Uh, because at the beginning of the game, you actually have no way of catching anything. You don't start off with Pokeballs, you have to get them. Um, it's kind of like, in a very like, unstructured, undefined way. The game is basically saying you have to earn it, so there's like a process you have to go through before you can actually receive the starter Pokemon, before you have the option of choosing between the three. Um, so by doing some deliveries or doing a good deed, such as in Generation 3's Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, the game begins in that game, in those games, for example. It begins with Professor Birch, who comes from that region because he lives in the same little town as you do. There's only a total of like four houses. I don't understand that, but whatever. Um, uh, the game begins with you basically saving this professor from a wild Pokemon by using one of the starter Pokemon in his like messenger bag. So you, you have to pick between the three and that's your choice. So the game just throws you right into it, but not all the games do that. Um, and uh yeah that's that's typically the formula that the beginning of the game follows in terms of how a starter pokemon becomes a starter pokemon as more of a side note i know that pokemon yellow exists and as the bulbapedia page states the game is based on the anime but that's specifically why i'm not going to talk about pikachu here as a starter pokemon i'm not going to talk about pikachu at all we have feelings about pikachu and we're just not going to talk about pikachu right now we, we will we'll talk we'll get to Pikachu in a little bit. We do have a little bit we're gonna talk about him, but like we have some thoughts, but it's not it's not for right now. Uh, not for right now, no. But the general idea is that these starter Pokemon are either extremely hard or impossible to capture in the wild. Which side note is really interesting because yes. like you never because as far as I know, I'm fairly new to the franchise. Um AR actually gave me my first Pokemon game a couple of years ago. 
So um, I was there I, to play I, it with you. Like we played our games yeah, at the very, same time. It was very nice. Um, it was a couple of years ago, and I mainly played the like later gens. Obviously, I did do some research into the earlier starters, but I mainly know about the later gens. Um, and and as far as I know from my personal experience, I've never encountered any starter Pokemon in the wild ever. Like of that specific gen. Yes, and interestingly, in earlier generation Pokemon games, there are actually trainers out there who do have starter Pokemon, but they're it, like, it's almost like cherry picking. Like it's maybe one or two trainers in the entire region that has like a middle stage starter or a starter in their first form. Um, it's not very common that you see a, a trainer in the wild have a uh, final no. form of a starter. But I've generation generation personally. two generation two for example does have some trainers that have like the Kanto starters for example and things like that. But they yeah. are very rare. Even in those scenarios, they are not common to come across. Yeah. And you're actually surprised to see a trainer have them besides yourself. Like oh, you're like you oh, have starter Pokemon weird. too. And my little so I'm not the only special one. Oh no no wait I am the special one. Like it but <laughs> um but. It's the factor to highlight here is that it's a rarity factor to start a Pokemon, a novelty. Like, if you lose your starter Pokemon, like, I know you did a Nuzlocke and you lost your starter Pokemon. Like, there is no way to get that Pokemon back. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really, was really, like, that's it. that was really hard for me, that's, is that if you listen to my Nuzlocke, and it happened my Nuzlocke episode, it happens really early in the, the, like, narration, but I do lose my starter. Um, really early, and I was so pissed at myself. Like I thought I, I failed at being good at yeah. games because of that. <laughs> and obviously, like, like with that, it's really hard if you lose a starter Pokemon, especially like if you're doing a Nuzlocke. Obviously, um, if you don't do, you can just revive it. But if you are doing a Nuzlocke, there is a very like a solid foundation of sentimentalism. Mm-hmm. I probably didn't pronounce that right, but hey. <clears throat> because it's the very first pokemon you get and also it's like it's impossible to replace so i also started a nuzlocke recently uh and i lost a pokemon quite early on and i wanted to get it back so i just went and caught another one you can't do that with starters yeah if you like you it's not you can't do that so you lose it it's gone and then you're just like and then and then that's kind of it, it's um quite hard because it's like it's the first Pokemon you ever get in that particular game. Yeah. So like there is a certain amount of sentimentality to it. I know that I really like all of the starters like this over most other Pokemon just because they're so sentimental in that way. And it completely depends on the kind of person you are and how attached you are to the games. But let's say um like if you are like RN or myself, then you probably do get emotionally attached to these Pokemon. Um, right. Whether or it's not, hard the not ga- to. Yeah, no, exactly. So whether or not the game actually succeeds at doing this with most players, and I think, uh, on like broadly speaking, it, they do succeed at this. The game actually goes through trouble to make you feel that attachment, that emotional yeah. attachment, because you spend there's like a little bit of like a story element to it. If we go back to the Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald example, like you yeah. save the professor with this Pokemon that you chose and you would, you would basically just have to come up with strategy on the fly and then he rewards mm. you with because he's like, well, you two seem like you're a good team. Why don't you just keep it? Yeah. So it's like, so I have not actually played Sapphire, but I've played Alpha Sapphire. The remake, like yeah. The remake. So, and it's the same story. Um, and I know, like, I don't know how, what gen this started in, but all of those games I've played, there's this mechanic 
where you make your po you can play with your Pokemon and groom them and stuff. Yeah. To um, build up like friendship points at yes. those, essentially, yes. and then they'll perform better in battle, like hanging on to health. And so stuff. again, the like, game does play into that emotionality. Like right? the game, like the game is clearly try. Like they, it does try hard because it's kind of hard not to like a Pokemon when you have to if because if you want a Pokemon to do really well in battle, you need to rack up those friendship points. And it's hard not to get emotionally attached to a Pokemon when you play with it and often enough to get that um, count really high. If you're going through trouble to like you know make it do well in battle and you know sometimes it'll survive on one health point because it loves you yeah. so much like the game no, actually like, has text boxes game, that like, say something like the, that like the game straight out like i remember during uh, one of my pokemon games i was fighting the champion and uh, i had the, my start it was my starter pokemon as it happened mm -hmm. and i was fighting my with my starter pokemon uh and then it hit it with its attack and it was like um this Pokemon held on with one health point because it loved you, and I was like, oh, <laughs> like it's cute. And it's like, awesome. It is, it, it is really it does feel really sentimental. We're getting off topic anyway. Okay, okay, but this, okay. So this is this is slightly a bit off of the sentimental point. But here's the thing, you know. So me personally, I like my trilogies. I like my trios, and so does this franchise. So for the most part, all the starters are presented in a trio. You there are only ever going to be three starters you can choose from. That's it. Um, and they each, and always, without fail, have two other stages of evolution, making it so that every starter has three stages in total. All starter Pokemon follow this pattern. You never have a, a starter Pokemon that only stops at a second stage. You always have three. Uh, additionally, starter Pokemon function in a way to be the Pokemon to see through type advantages. Uh, most importantly, the core aspects of type advantages, uh, because invariably in these games you have a rival, mm -hmm. and um, they you've, you've, will... you've trainers to face against, right? Yeah, so... but you have this very core rival that kind of you will um, fight over and over again throughout the game, and then you'll yes. probably fight you fight them at the end to decide who will be champion, basically. Uh, or in some, or who will fight the champion? Like it varies, but like they kind of fall, they kind of go through your Pokemon journey with you. Uh, and most of, as far as I know, anyway, um, they will have the a Pokemon that is opposite you. So they'll either have, they'll have. So you have the three to choose from at the beginning, and um, you will pick one, and they will pick another one of those trios. In the older so games, in the older games, typically the rival would pick the one that was super effective against you. So you needed to yeah. get, you needed to acquire another Pokemon somehow that could counter that because you wouldn't put your starter that is weak to mm. your rival starter against each other if you like if it doesn't match. You're gonna lose because of the type matchup. In newer generation yeah. games, they have made it so the rival actually picks the one weaker to you, so there's less of a like difficulty yeah. level in that sense. But they so... tend to have other Pokemon on their team that you would still need to. Account yeah. for in terms of typing. So it's like it's like it gives you a, a kind of special relationship with that rival because they are one of the only other people that has a starter Pokemon of any kind and possibly um, a direct counter to yours. Yeah, or to your or, team. Is, or is weak to you, right? Yes. So um, uh, so they like so and you'll invariably have quite an early stage battle like in the some of the later games like you get your starter Pokemon and immediately after your very your, first Pokemon battle yeah. is with with your rival. Um, and so that kind of teaches you about type advantages. Yes. Really, because so, 
uh, much much in the way that as RM was talking about, you know, sentimentalism and that kind of emotional aspect that starter Pokemon can have, they are the first Pokemon that basically function that way for the player. In the same way, starter Pokemon are the first example in a Pokemon game that teach you about type advantages. So let's run through this cycle because it is kind of hard to talk about these Pokemon without mentioning the basically the weapon circle or the typing advantage. So we have grass type, water type, fire type. Starter Pokemon will always be of these three elements. So grass is super effective against water because obviously leaves are scary to water, obviously. Um, water is super effective <laughs> against fire, which is, that's a given. That, that does actually make sense. And then fire is super effective against grass, which also makes sense. But in my opinion, grass against water makes the most sense. So there's a logic to this cycle. <laughs> I would like, I would, I do you think know? when they were, co- when, when <laughs> the developers were coming up with this, they were like, okay, so like, because like water, fire, grass, like water, fire, obvious like elements, right? So it's mm-hmm. more so, I think they would like in my head the way this the, the, this decision to make grass super effective against water kind of happened is that it's like okay so we've got the we got our three types where they came up with the types and they were like okay cool They're like okay so water obviously be against effective against fire obviously um, and then fire is gonna be super effective against grass obviously so then it was just kind of like well grass it's just gonna have to be super effective against water because we need a triangle. Yeah, you need to make it perfect. So, <laughs> so it just kind of happened. But um, it's 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 it, it's funny, and you can question the nature of grass being super effective against water. I stopped questioning it. So, but I, I like, laugh at it now. <laughs> maybe it's because grass needs water to grow. Yeah, like, but it absorbs the water. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think water's just. Here. I think water is just scared of the leaves that fall into it. Like, <laughs> oh god, it's a, it's a leaf. Whatever am I gonna do? So anyway, the point to make here is that there is, at the end of the day, there is still a logic to the type advantages that we're talking about here, and that is the fundamental of it. Is that for, for everything that one type is super effective against, because. This cycle demonstrates that each of them are effective against the other, but obviously they're super effective against other things out there that just aren't included in this. What it underpins is that for a type, it'll always be super effective against something else, but also for that same type, it'll be equally weak to something else. So not all types follow this kind of really neat, tidy circle, but let me provide one cycle that does function very similarly. So let's take Psychic, Fighting, and Dark. So. Psychic is super effective against fighting because brain over bronze. I really like that. Fighting is super effective against dark because mindless attacking eliminates abstract threats, I guess. So that is basically our equivalent of grass be water. I, I feel like yeah. with fighting and, and, and dark, I don't quite get it. I'm still trying to make sense of that one. We'll get there someday. Hopefully, I don't actually know. Not gonna make any promises. Finally, dark is super effective against psychic. And like fire is with grass, This is actually a very logical type advantage because being scared of the dark is a phobia, a psychological phenomenon, right? So it's very similar, right? For psychic fighting dark, it plays out the same way as grass, water, fire. So um, there is that same logical grounding. And though this isn't the most obvious mechanic to extrapolate, like that's only something I've learned over the years, which I, because I was wondering to myself, is there another equivalent in terms of typing of grass, water, fire. Is there another one like that? And then I arrived at Psychic Fighting Dark. So it did take me time to arrive at this conclusion. Um, and, but okay, this personal interpretation of mine 
became more eloquent once I acquired a couple more brain cells, not very many, but just a couple more brain cells over the course of my life. And that's how I was able to figure this out. I'm a smart smart cookie. Yeah, so coming back to the actual discussion about starter Pokemon, they will always be a fire, water, grass type. Like that's consistent. Uh, and occasionally one of the other starters is like a secondary typing. That's not really very common in the first form, although there's a couple of examples. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after Generation 3, it became more of a mainstay mechanic to have the final forms of the starter Pokemon possess another typing. So, for example, all of the Gen 7 Pokemon have two type. Yeah. Uh, in, oh, but only in their third form. And same with Gen 4, <clears throat> is that in their, in their final yeah. forms, they're... Actually, I believe they're... No, yeah, all their final forms have a dual typing. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Um, and it adds to the complexity of battle by considering multiple technique misses and advantages all at once. So, for example, um, something... if Let's say a grass-type Pokemon is uh, weak to something. But if you have a second typing that mm-hmm. is effective against that typing, then the damage will be lessened. So it adds complexity. And also, if you, for example, if you had um, something that is weak, and both of the typings for that Pokemon is weak to something, then it will almost instantly KO it every time because it's so weak to it, because it's weak twice. Yeah, some, over, some, right? pair, some, some typings, when paired up together, actually, sometimes those typings could share weaknesses, which then the way that the math works in Pokemon is that super effectiveness is like, it's double if it's just the one. But if that typing is super effective mm. against both of those at once, then it's quadrupled. So it will do four times the amount of damage yeah. it would normally do. I'm trying so to think even of an more, example. You know? um, I'm trying well, to te- think Technically, we do have one, and that's coming up a lot later. So we, we'll, we'll get to yeah. that. We actually have an example um, of such a situation. Here's an example. If there's a grass ice type Pokemon, it'll be quadruple weak to a fire type Pokemon. Because, because fire is super effective gra- against ice and grass so you put the two together so if you two use, plus two so equals four use, folks <laughs> yeah so if you use if you use a fire type move on something that's grass ice then mm-hmm. it will just die because it is quadruple weak to it so it'll hit really it's a good hard example. i feel like typing could have its own episode as well we yeah even talk, so, let's, so, let's, so let's let's get on to so um, this was already quite lengthy god we're so bad at this but <laughs> the next section is also going to be kind of lengthy fine um and i bet everyone missed our lengthy discussions right? yeah you like, know what let's go with that mentality we're we're being missed let's, so let's, let's just let, talk let's pretend. for end. <laughs> let, let, let's pretend that everyone's enjoying this uh and move on all right so grab some popcorn let's or go. some food or something so the next section is uh is mostly going to be based off of our personal opinions so what's coming up now is we're going to be reviewing every starter pokemon from every generation to date so from 1996 to 2019 here we go aren't you looking forward to that everybody and we're also not simply going to look at their first forms they're going to look at their middle forms they're going to look at their final forms and there are some uh added game mechanics that over time they have given certain pokemon not all of the starter pokemon but a lot of the starter pokemon have additional forms when it comes to battle and and their different forms in battle and things like that we're not talking about those we're just talking about the core starter pokemon and their original forms from uh, the starting the starting phase middle phase final phase we're just talking about those evolutions although that's 24 pokemon in total so um if i'm correct no actually that's more because it's 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 nine no hold on i can't do math i'm gonna stop doing math because it's like there's three 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 right and that's for one generation and then you add all that up for agent i'm stuck i'm gonna stop i'm gonna stop i suck at math 
Okay, so anyways, the next section we're gonna there's talk 72, about- There's 72 starters. We are talking- wait, what? Okay, we're talking about 72 starters, so... <laughs> okay, so we're gonna talk about the things that we like about them, things that we don't. Um, it's mostly just gonna be surface level opinions, things like that. That's-, that's Minimally, that's if you're encountering each game starters on their own. So if you just kind of group them all, there's only, uh, there's only 24, so. Right, okay. I, I don't know. Stop throwing numbers at me. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting- I'm getting anxious. <laughs> um, no mass on the holidays. Alright, but okay, so anyways, we're not gonna get too technical in terms of stats, but we are gonna semi-rant about these Pokémon, and that being no, said- Semi-rant? Semi just sem rant. No, semi-rant. I'm just- <laughs> We're just pathological liars at this point. Alright, anyways, the things that we're gonna talk about, um, there, well, uh, I, I'm gonna throw in some fun facts here and there uh, in terms of things that contributed to the design of some of these Pokemon. So the thing is that if you are not familiar with any of the starter Pokemon, for whatever reason, all the things, like all their links are linked in the description and then you can look at their other forms through those links themselves. So we're not, I'm not a great descriptor. I'm not really good at describing how things look. I'm no artist, so, um, to know what I'm talking about, it really would help to see. So just as like a preface, just keep that in mind. Um, I, we understand if you guys don't agree with our opinions, um, just keep in mind that this is how we feel about them. Um, I think on some level, despite my reservations for at one, I can think off the top of my head. Um, I think on some level, all the starter Pokemon have likable traits. So at the end of the day, there is nothing wrong if you like these Pokemon and we aren't trashing you for liking them. We just have our own opinions about things, right, Aaron? Yes. Right? Right? That's correct. Yes. Um, <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of subjectivity coming up, a lot of stuff about personal preferences. I'm going to try We're going to try and, like, describe these and just explain them, talk about them, just have a good discussion. Um, there's stuff like nostalgia, but why don't you hit it off for us? Yes. Okay. Let's... Let's go. All because right. reasons. Let's do it. Oh, stop that. since we have eight generations of Pokemon, it would be too ambitious to try and talk about all of them, because again, I don't remember the number of Pokemon we are actually discussing, and it stresses me out. 24! 24! <laughs> it's like, whatever, numbers give me anxiety. So, the thing is, we're gonna uh, divvy it up by generation. So, this first section will talk about the starter Pokemon that appear between generations one through three. Let's get into it! So, we'll begin with the starter woo. Pokemon. Yeah, woo. That was the most enthusiastic woo I, I've, I've ever heard. Um, I guess that's fitting. We will begin with the starter Pokemon that hail from the Kanto region. The first ever starter Pokemon ever. Ever. Okay. <laughs> we have we have Bulbasaur, a quadruped poison grass type. Sorry, grass poison. The order matters. It's a quadruped grass poison type. Then we have Squirtle, a turtle-based water type, and then the infamous Charmander, a fire type that's based off of like a lizard. Dragon. Dragon. Dinosaur. 
kind of kind of thing. Overall, they are simple, solid. I think they're memorable in their own ways. Um, but these starters essentially set the standard for what was expected of a starter Pokemon. Some attributes typically are that it's based on animals explicitly. So if there is anything anthropomorphic about any starter Pokemon, it's still gonna be predominantly looking like an animal. Um, encompassing their element in a very, very obvious way. So it's very clear that if they're a fire, grass and water type based on the coloration of like orange, green, blue, that and kind I mean, of thing. Um, actually the, the first gen starter Pokemon were very like obvious in that, like um, they are very, they are so clearly they like, so grass, clear, like water, fire. <laughs> Bulbasaur has a flower on its back. Uh, Charmander's tail is on fire, and Squirtle is a literal turtle. <laughs> it's a literal turtle. Like it's, it is very, very obvious. So, but so let's let's start with Bulbasaur then. So I actually looked this up, um, but it is possible that Bulbasaur was based on Bulbasaurus. And no, this Pokemon was the thing was not named Bulbasaurus because of Bulbasaur. It's probably the other way around. But Bulbasaurus was this um, Animodon therapsid from the late Permian geological period. So this would have been just slightly before dinosaurs came into existence, basically. And by slightly, that's still millions of years apart. Um, basically making Bulbasaur a Pokemon that is based on an ancient early mammal before mammals were even called mammals. And I feel like that's kind of cool. When I was even looking at the, what Bulbasaurus is like, uh, skull looked like and things like I'm like oh I can kind of see it and that's really cool but it looks great as a Pokemon I I really like Bulbasaur it has a special place in my heart um notice it's noticeable for the bulb shaped plant on its back like the flower you know that uh um Aaron was talking about um and that flower kind of blooms slightly more with its evolution called Ivysaur Ivysaur slightly bigger a bit more angsty version of Bulbasaur its coloration slightly darker and then finally we got Venusaur which is this big hulking quadruped with this humongous flower on its back, the final form really giving off that more ancient animal vibe, which is great. I love it. I actually really, I, I've grown to love it over the years. I, when I was first getting into Pokemon, I, I don't know that I, I felt so great about it. Now I definitely really, really like it. And interestingly, fun fact about this whole evolutionary line, this was the first ever dual type starter. Through every stage, it maintains the typing of grass poison. So the other like starters in this, in, in you know, the first generation game, uh, thing, uh, things like that, they are purely fire and water and they're whatever, we'll, we'll get to Charmander in a bit, but uh, Bulbasaur was the first dual type starter Pokemon. So I think that's cool. It is cool. Uh, but just talking about, because um, uh, Aeon mentioned that the order in which you say the typing matters, uh, and I just like a little side note mm -hmm. as to why, because if you don't apply Pokemon, you're probably a bit confused about that. Yes. Uh, basically, the order just kind of determines in terms of defense. Yes. Like if something, uh, what is like the, has the higher chance of defending, if that makes sense. I didn't express that very well, but basically what it means is if you've got, uh, so if you've got grass poison, um, poison isn't strong against fire, but let's just pretend it is for this example. Um, if it was strong against fire, uh, it'll still do more, it'll, uh, fire would do more damage to a grass poison than a poison grass because grass is the dominant typing, basically. Poison, I think, I don't know if it resists fire, but it, at the very least takes normal damage from it. So if it was yeah. poison grass, 
Um, for example, like if Bulbasaur was a poison grass type, then fire wouldn't do quite as much. But because grass is the yeah. first one, fire will still do a lot. Um, but yeah, that, that's why that matters, basically, just yeah. a little... No, that's important to mention, for sure. And again, it starter Pokemon helped to teach us this. So, moving on to Squirtle. I think Squirtle's great. Jolly little turtle thing. Um, and then it evolves into War Turtle, which has these little wings beside its eyes. A uh, little bigger, dark in color palette. Very similar to Ivysaur in the way that Bulbasaur becomes Ivysaur and Squirtle becomes War Turtle. Um, out of the three starters, I consider this middle stage to be the weakest, but I still like it. Um, and then finally, we have Blastoise, which departs from the more kind of rotund body shape that uh, Squirtle and uh, War Turtle have, and it's become a more stocky bipedal. Um, that's head has become more square for some reason. It doesn't look quite as turtle-like, but it still has the, a humongous shell. And from these, from this shell, are these like kind of not cannon things. They're like these little like nozzles that kind of like they're jut like out. giant. They're like giant water hoses yeah basically like they're like basically metallic like really hoses yeah they're really 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 hardcore water guns basically, basically. it's it's hardcore um and it, it feels like, a little like bit it's proper random. like like pew 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 like hardcore but it's more like pew like it's like, yeah 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 it's last week gives off that vibe but it's a can little i, I find say it though, little... can i just say though couldn't everyone just stop and appreciate how many brain cells we lost during the last 30 seconds pew 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 <laughs> You can't see us, but we're doing the motions. Pew, pew. So, yeah, we don't have any brain cells. That's the conclusion to draw here. But anyways, back to Blastoise. Um, so I find its final form to technically be a little bit random, but the Pokemon on its own, I really like its design personally. Like, it's a solid design. It has a different kind of charm compared to the final forms of the other two starters from this generation. Um, and unlike the other other Kanto starters, this is the only one that has a single typing through every stage of evolution. So unlike the Charmander line and um, Bulbasaur line, Squirtle throughout remains just a fire, oh, sorry, water type, <laughs> fire yeah. type. It remains a water type. Yeah, uh, I think uh, that's in terms of like dual typings, I think there's like uh, challenges and uh, advantages that come with each. Yes. Um, I think I tend to prefer dual types in starters because it gives you more options. Yes. But I think it's different for everyone because obviously depending on the dual typing, like some dual typings are really solid and others are just kind of crappy because obviously if it doesn't really because some dual typings make you your defense a lot higher and gives you a lot more attack options and some dual typings, like especially the ones that are quad beak to something, kind of erode your defense a bit because then you get hit with that attack you're like it is over you are screwed yes so i feel like it has different advantages and disadvantages but um yeah. I, i've never played this game so i'm kind of leaving this section mainly to ar because i don't have any personal experience with these games but um i do You've come across no, the Pokemon, at least. Yeah, Yeah, I've come across the Pokemon. Like, they're pretty... Oh, oh, and our last one, our last Kanto starter, you've definitely come across, and we're going to talk no. about that. This. Yes! Let's talk about the Charmander line. Let's talk about Charmander. <clears throat> so, out of the Cantonian starters, I'd say this is one is, like, this one is definitely the most popular and continuing to be just that to this day. So, basically, since 1996, Charmander and its evolutions haven't lost their popularity somehow. Um, the fact that this Pokemon is so well liked by the franchise, they keep bringing it back. 
More specifically, it's final evolution, and we're going to talk about that in a bit. So the, the Ch Charmander is, like I said, a tiny fire lizard. Its tail is lit by a really tiny flame. When it evolves, it becomes Charmeleon, which is slightly taller, uh, darker red-orange instead of pure orange. Like, it's more red-ish, and it develops, like, a pointed kind of ridge on its head, which is, like, very reminiscent of, like, a young dragon, let's say. Um, uh, and, then, and then we arrive at the ever-popular and well-known Charizard, which develops wings on its back, returns to its original purely orange coloration, and takes on a more dragon-like form. Of course, the uproar from fans is this Pokemon looks like a dragon, breeds like one, but isn't a dragon type, it's just fire-flying. I, I, to this I, day, I it's still a debate! It's still a debate! I didn't know that the first time I saw a Charizard. I haven't played it, but obviously it comes back. So uh, there is a game we'll mechanic that gave Charizard a different form in one of the newer generations of Pokemon that gave it fire dragon typing, but that yeah. isn't its actual typing. That was just an additional form that. from that generation. Um, and once that mechanic was ditched, it doesn't have that typing anymore, obviously. So it is still yeah. just a fire flying type. <laughs> I found this, I found this out um, and I find it really funny. So um, one of the later gens, Gen 8, um, the champion from that game has Charizard as, yeah, Leon. Yes, as, yes. His, as his signature Pokemon. The champions, I, the champions across all Pokemon game always have one Pokemon that they have at their side, yeah. or like it's like their Pokemon. It's their ace. Like, it's their ace. You it's know, kind of like this. It's kind of like the starter Pokemon for you. Like it's their signature Pokemon. Yes. They will bring out last, and it's the highest level, and it has the best moves. That sort yeah. of thing. Typically. Um. So this this Pokemon, right? So I was Charizard. Charizard. Yeah. So I when I went into the champion battle fully prepared to uh, beat up a dragon-type Pokemon, realized it was fire-flying, and then I was like, dude, <laughs> what? And then it had Solar Beam, so of course my Inteleon was a bit scared, because Solar Beam did a lot. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to that, we'll get to that later, we'll get to that later. But um, we said we were going to talk about um, the how well-known these starters are, so I wanted to have a little discussion about this. So, out of all of the earlier gem starters, because I feel like I Actually, have- Actually, all the starter Pokemon as a whole, too. All starter Pokemon yeah. in existence. Yeah. All starter Pokemon in existence, but like, especially in terms of the older gen, because those are the yes. ones I haven't played. So obviously I have more of an emotional attachment to starters from games I've played. Yes. For obvious reasons. Yes. Uh, like, I like those more, but in just in terms of the gens I haven't actually played through, um, I like these starter Pokemon the least, especially, and especially Charizard, just because, as I already said, it just keeps coming back. Like, Gen 8, the champion has Charizard as its main Pokemon, which is not a Pokemon that's native to the Galar region. He just has it anyway, and it just keeps coming back, and it's really hard to like something when it's just shoved down your throat so much. Like, it is everywhere is so saturated with the gen 1 starters like especially charizard because yes. the gen the gen 1 games did so well they just keep bringing it back and it's a similar situation with pikachu as well like do not get me started on pikachu i hate pikachu so much it annoys me because like a raichu i don't mind quite because as it's much a yeah. pokemon 
on like in it's a it's a, a final form it's different you know like I, you can appreciate those cool. things it's kind of cool and then in certain regions like the local variations of Raichu get, get uh, secondary typing like uh, the Raichu in Alola is also psychic type which is cool yeah but like I dislike Pikachu because it is like the poster child Pokemon for the entire franchise and it's just everywhere it's like Pokemon Pikachu Pikachu everywhere and it's not even a good Pokemon and it annoys me so the thing is is that like here's here's something I'll bring up right so in terms of the Kanto starters they have been brought back so many times so the thing is that Johto we're gonna talk about the Johto starters in a bit but the Johto region is that game like gold silver crystal and then their remake and then the remakes heart gold and soul silver um in 2009 those games are the only pokemon games that function more as a like they are not only separate games but they are also direct sequels to its predecessor no other pokemon game does that quite the same like we do have versions of it kind of sort of but not quite in that very linear fashion so in that game, and I again, I'm gonna give like the Gen 2 games their own episode at some point, but you can actually go to Kanto because Johto and Kanto are actually conjoined regions um, with only a border. Like basically it's just like this gigantic cave that acts as like a border between the two regions. Um, and in that game, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if you can get the Kanto starters to be completely honest, but you definitely come across them despite being in like a Johto based game. And then in generation, um, six. So in Pokemon X and Y released in 2013 and were the first ever Pokemon games to use 3D modeling, departing from the 2D graphics that we see in all the earlier games. In those games, after you beat the first friggin' gym, what do you do? You go meet the professor at his lab and he has the Kanto starters for you. So you not only get the starter Pokemon in Pokemon X and Y of, those, of that region, you also have the option of choosing between the Kanto starters. You're not ever rid of them. And then this is a fun fact because RN, I don't know if you're learning this for the first time, but after you beat the game, for Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, which were also released in 2014. So it uses the same graphic modeling as Pokemon X and Y. They are the remake, uh, Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire, remakes of Ruby and Sapphire. After you beat the game for the very first time, you are back home and Professor Birch is being attacked yet again by a wild Pokemon. And you have the option of picking between, I'm pretty sure, the Kanto starters. And then you beat the game for that. The, you beat the game for the third time. Uh, sorry, second time, you have the option between the Johto starters, I'm pretty sure. Um, so you technically, you don't get all three, obviously, but you have a choice between the three, but I'm pretty sure the Kanto ones are back in that one. And then, of course, as RN mentioned, in our in Generation 8, 2019, eight. Charizard, Charizard is the signature Pokemon of the champion. Um, that's not so it, you're that's never not you're never read you're never rid of these Pokemon. And Pikachu is is you can encounter it in the wild in in in, in Galar as well. Game. Yeah, like in every game I know. Yeah, Pikachu much. without fail is like like it's, 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 it's just, there. It's there. But it's like the other thing is um, unlike Pikachu, the uh, your rival from Gen Seven had gets a Pikachu. Admittedly, yeah. his he mainly when you fight him, he mainly has it as a Raichu, so yes. it's not as bad. But he still has Pikachu. Yes. But um, and then yeah, in Gen Seven, right? In Gen Seven. Yeah, in Gen Seven, and yeah, then yeah. again in Gen Eight, which is last year. 
this that's what 20 almost 20 years after the first game or something yeah more i think i don't know trying to do maths in my head i I can't remember when that i'm pretty sure the 25th anniversary for the or 20th anniversary or something for the franchise was 2015 or something like i can't do math but it was it's quite a while after gen one um after you beat the champion you can go up to his room in his hometown and he has left a char a charmander for you like you can get charmander yeah and then train it and get a charizard (laughs) i'm like it's this is Gen 8, and they still can't let go of these Pokemon. I'm like, don't get me wrong. I think the Gen 1 starters are neat. I don't dislike them particularly. I mean, I dislike Pikachu. There are more Pokemon I hate that aren't starter Pokemon compared to the starter Pokemon, but yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from. I think I am not quite as harsh on them just because I've grown up with them. But what this yeah. shows is that because RN is a slightly newer player and I have been playing these games longer, we still both share that sentiment of like, yeah, it's been ran They're down our throat. Kinda, We're a bit sick of it. They've kind of lost their everywhere. novelty almost because they just yeah. keep showing up. If the whole point of starter Pokemon is that they're rare, then why do we keep seeing these guys, right? I know. And like I think for me, it's just kind of like I don't I don't get me wrong, I think they're cool starter Pokemon, and there are definitely starter Pokemon I hate more than them. Oh my god, we'll get to that. Oh, we're bit. gonna get to that. <laughs> we're gonna get to that later. Yes. But like I think just as as a gen i don't i like i dis i don't dislike them but i don't particularly like them either because as i asked that they've lost their novelty and it's hard to like something when it's shoved down your throat so much so let's move on to johto now because in my opinion these starters aren't rammed down our throats quite as much but they are just as likable if not i like more. them I, so i don't play the game but i think they're cool and so this region as i mentioned before is um uh, something I'm gonna, re- we're gonna I'm, I'm probably gonna review it at some point. It really does deserve its own episode. And like I said, Johto and Kanto are com- like they are conjoined as regions. They are two separate regions. They have a border. But um, uh, the starter Pokemon in this game, I really like them. We have Chikorita, the Grass type, Totodile, the Water type, and then we have Cyndaquil, the Fire type. Um, uh, these are the only Pokemon that throughout each of these stages only retain their prescribed typing of fire, water, and grass. So much like the Squirtle evolutionary line in Generation 1, in this generation, all three of the starters only ever have the fire, uh, water, that's and not, grass That's typing. not quite to Gen 8. Does, no, 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 I mean, this is the first one to do this. This is oh, the first yeah. generation where it's like, we see that the the, the starter Pokemon, yeah, I was going to add that. These starter Pokemon no. are the first starter Pokemon the first we ever see. But Gen 8, Gen 8 does the same thing. Exactly, and we're, well, we'll talk so. about that later too. Um, yeah. So let's start with uh, Chikorita. So we have another Pokemon that draws inspiration from, you know, ancient animals, creatures, things. As the Bulbapedia page states that Chikorita is likely based on a sauropod with its quadrupedal body build. And if you don't know, paleo, like paleontology lingo, sauropod is what like, like dinosaurs were your really tall herbivore things. I don't know if there are people out there that don't know dinosaurs. I mean, Brachiosaurus, like that's a sauropod. <laughs> um, that. And also, yeah. It's I like just... the big, it's the big heavy herbivore. Oh no, I gotta stop talking that. Don't, 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 don't. Stop getting sidetracked. Okay, 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 okay. So, all right, all right. And just one one more before I get, I, I, before I, I mean, I know. <laughs> I mean, I know, you, you know it. your sidetracking has gotten bad when I'm chitting you along. 
Yes, on, that, that's what it's called. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. So, but just one quick thing to add is that we are using the lingo, the lingo of bipedal, quadrupedal, quadruped, biped. Like, bipedal just means something walks on two. Humans are bipedal. Um, quadruped means walking on fours, basically. So when you hear that, that's what we're referring to. Anyways, um, a chikorita has a quad quadrupedal uh, body build, so it's walking on all fours. It's got a big leaf on its head, and I think it's cute. I've used it before, I, I to its final form. I've used it as my starter before, and I really liked it. Moving on to its evolution, bay leaf, which has a paler color palette overall from the original green. Three guesses as to what that was named. What uh, that was named after. And uh, a bay leaf. <laughs> no, you don't get any points for getting that. You don't get any points. No points. No brownie no points. Point, no points. No brownie points. Uh, but anyways, this thing's colored beige. It's got le uh, leaves positioned around its neck like a frill. It's, it's cute, I guess. Finally, meganium, which really encompasses that sauropod aspect that Ch Chikorita kind of began with. It has a more elongated neck, stubby but sturdy legs, a proper flower around its neck, and a darker green coloration. The green leaf on its head disappears entirely, and instead it just has like two antennas sprouting just above its eyes. Um, personally, I really like it. It's kind of simple, but it gets the job done in my opinion. It looks like a grass type. It feels like a grass type. I, I like using it in battle even. Like, I'm not talking about stats, but I'm like, I just personally enjoyed using it, even if it wasn't like the most amazing Pokemon. I don't know. I, I, I thought, it, I, I, I like it. I like it. You know? Nice. And then moving on. I think, I think it's cool. And then moving on. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, it, but, but I'll, we'll figure something out, but I would like for you to experience using the Johto starters from yeah. your final forms. I mean, like, I'm, I'm just kind of kind of little, I think I'm kind of just going to like sit back and let you explain <laughs> you're it. Gonna, you're just going to get popcorn and start eating? Go get <laughs> chocolate, just... Just no, do, no, it, do no, what you no, want. No, 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 you're joking, but I have a box of, box of lint chocolate truffles over Perfect. the Perfect. All right, so just eat that while I rant about the Jota starters. This is great. Yeah, go. So next, next we have Cyndaquil. It'll just be easier if I quote from the Bulbapedia page itself, because as we know, I'm so good with words. So I'm just going to quote here. Right. Quote, Cyndaquil's appearance is based on the echidna, but it also has traits of shrews, anteaters, and tenrics, such as its long snout and having little to no tail. Its closed eyes may be a reference to baby honey badgers, as its final evolved form is based on one. When its fire is lit, the fire resembles the quills of the porcupine, end quote. Basically, if pangolins were cute, because I, I, I don't think pang pangolins aren't cute, um... But if they were cute, like more cute, this is who we have. We have Cyndaquil. Its second stage is Quillava, and once again, I'll save us time by reading the Bulbapedia description. Quote, uh, Quillava's body is similar to most animals in the weasel family, particularly stoats due to its lack of tail and the fur on its upper body being significantly darker than on its underbelly. However, the pattern distribution and shape of Quillava's flames closely resemble the quills and, and crest of the crested porcupine especially in its earlier sprites. Uh, Quilava is also quite close to a paca, a South American rodent with a slender body, spotted skin, and tiny ears, as well as a badger." End quote. Then we have Typhlosion, which becomes bipedal unlike its first two forms, and similar to the Char Charmander line before, um, the flames are always active as they sprout from Typhlosion's back. So out of the Johto starters, this is the one I've used the most. So I have a stop. I have a soft spot for each of these stages and like like all the stages. Um, I love using it. Um, I'm. Uh, yeah, I just, I just, I just really love this Pokemon a lot. I really love Typhlosion. It's a, it's a lot of fun to use. 
a great just a great pokemon just a great pokemon overall i have no problems with this evolutionary stage like chikorita line i don't i'm not dubious of but i definitely just like cyndaquil's line more overall you know and yeah let's talk about the last Jota starter which is the totodile line so its design is pretty simple being a jolly little crocodilian type creature its color palette it jolly. It's, it's, it's jolly. jolly. It's jolly. It's, it's color palette is a good balance of the primary colors, blue obviously being the dominant color, since it's a water type, obviously. Its evolution is Krokona, which for lack of a better like descriptor, because I have I, I have personal problems with the use of this word, but it basically has like a caveman cloth pattern on its chest, because it, it I, I don't I don't know how better to describe it. Maybe one day I'll find the word. And out of all the starters, this line is like the skills, it's not likely. Thank you for having faith in me. This line is You're the welcome. most aggressive looking because they have the most teeth. Crocodile <laughs> also has red ridges on the top of its head and down its spine. So it has some theropod-like features as well as uh, it is a fully bipedal Pokemon along with Totodile and its evolution, which is Feraligator. It's a mean looking thing, but man, is it cool. You know, if crocodiles could walk upright and actually look like, like not look dorky, we'd have this thing. The red ridges are more emphasized, it's taller, it has more teeth, and is mostly blue overall, so the red and yellow become even more complementary. We don't see as much of it. As is the case with most of the jo like the other Johto starters, the designs, the color palettes are fairly uncomplicated, but it's the definition of efficient. It just gets the point across, you know? And I feel like sometimes it's all you need, you don't need a Pokemon to look like have all these like complex color palettes and patterns and pair uh, color pairings. It doesn't need to be anything too spectacular. And that's the charm of the Johto starters, which is that they actually have very simple color palettes, especially considering the succeeding starter Pokemon we're going to look at. These are really simple, even more so than the Kanto starters, in my opinion, but they get the point across. And I really like it. And I thought, you know, for generation two, like this is like the late night, like basically the end of the 90s and the early 2000s that these Pokemon came into existence. This is a really good start for the franchise, in my opinion. Like we had the Kanto starters and then you followed up with these guys who are just as great, you know? Yeah. So let's go on to Hoenn. But Sorry. yeah, so let's talk about the Hoenn starters. Um, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before, I may have, I don't know, I have a habit of repeating myself, but this is the generation that got me into Pokemon. So generation three is where my journey began when it was Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald. Um, uh, and so in my opinion, um, just personally, the way I'm gonna talk about this generation specifically, it's gonna be completely fueled by nostalgia because God, I love um, all of the Pokemon from this generation, even more so than, than Gen 2, because Gen 2 actually yeah. got into later in my life. Gen 3, oh, that was a start. That was that was the start of my journey. Uh, I mean, I'm also going to put down my truffles and come talk about this one, because <laughs> while I'm not... <laughs> well, I mean, admittedly, I'm still eating truffles, but I'll, go for it, go for it. I'll talk while eating my truffles, because um, I have also now played, or I am in the middle of playing Alpha Sapphire, which is the remake um of this game so i can actually talk about these starters i actually have personal experience with them so it's that's great. exciting let's so let's let's have start. a discussion yeah let's start let's let's we're gonna start with trico we got a gecko based pokemon and 
I I'm not actually I feel like nostalgically speaking it is definitely my favorite grass type starter but actually the one that comes directly after i.e the next generation is a personal challenge for me but I I love Trigo I love its design and out of the Hoenn starters in my opinion I think it's pretty co like consistent overall like it maintains that kind of gecko lizard motif really well I'm not saying the other starters aren't as consistent but I do feel like it a little bit that the like lizard motif is carried through uh, really, really well. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you how you feel about that, but um. uh, I, I I would agree. Uh, I'm admittedly I'm still in the middle of my first Sapphire playthrough, so I've not personally used it. But um, as in the game, I am using uh, your the rival mud has line. it, though, right? Does your rival? Yeah. Have it? So yeah. I'm so I'm using the Mudkip line. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. But um, because it, this game, they still your rival still picks the type that's super effective against you. I have a water type. Mudkip's a water type so like primarily so um my rival has trico the trico evolutionary line and i think it's really neat um i don't i don't have like much to say about it other than i think it's cool because i don't have like personal experience using it so i can't say that it, but it, it is annoying to like it is a good pokemon in that i find it very hard to um like if it's there's not many faults with it. Me. Like if you were to just yeah. look at it, I don't know that you can find m many faults with it. And the same could be yeah, it's kind of it's hard. It's a it's like a sturdy Pokemon. It doesn't go down easy unless so, you're like loads levels higher than it. It's evolution Grovile. Like I said, it sticks really well to that, that yeah. gecko lizard motif. I really like it and the way it that kind of gains some leaves. It gains some more leaves. It becomes sleeker, so it's very agile. Like it gives yeah. off that impression, which I really like. And then it evolves into. Sceptile. God, I love this design. It's like, it's like, it is very it's, cool. It's like a more kind of like lighter, not quite neon green, but it's a very bright green. And they actually make it work in such a way that it doesn't feel like your eyeballs are bleeding out. Like it's an, it's actually it's like not, a, a good also, green to look at. And basically, it looks like a lizard that has, that's also a plant. It's very, it's a very cool motif. Yes. I really like it. Yes, and and it's like it, it low key. Its tail is very similar. If you were to just downsize a Christmas tree, which yeah. I think is really funny, but I also really love it. It gives it because the tail it, looks so heavy. So I'm like, if you were to get hit by that thing, I feel like it would low key really hurt. But I love it because it's like spiked. It is really spiked cute. plant on them. I don't. Sceptile is great. So design wise, I absolutely love these grass. Like this is a grass type. I I love how they made it work as a lizard grass Pokemon, and. This, much like um, last, like the Squirtle line from Gen 1, this also remains grass in all of its forms. It doesn't develop a secondary yeah. typing, unlike the other two Pokemon we're going to talk about. So the next one is Torchic. Torchic is literally a cute, it's, chi it's a chick. It's a chick. I, I, like, that's, not a, that's not much to say. It's, it's just a, a fire, it's just a fire chicken, like Torch. Right, and then chick. It's kind of yeah. self-explanatory, in my opinion. And it's also it's, it's not even on fire. It's literally just it's just it's a fire just a chick. chick. It's just a, literally it's a just baby. a fire chicken. Yeah, it's literally just a fire chicken. But unlike the previous fire type starters, this this Pokemon doesn't have like a tail on fire or an attribute of it being perpetually on fire. Like there's no constant flame. Um, so this is the first time a fire type looked like this. Um, it's great. 
here's the thing, and we're going to get into more detail about this as we go on, is when we, get, when we get to Gen 7, we're going to talk about this a bit more. It'll come up even sooner, I think, in my opinion, but it's yeah. weird. This Pokemon basically set off a trend for fire types to, at least by the final stage, include the secondary typing of fighting. Um. Yeah, we're going to talk about that later. Another fun fact I'd like to add, because uh, through many, like many files of playing this game, both the older games and their remakes, so I've played using all three starters multiple in, in the two different games multiple times throughout my lifespan, is in my opinion, picking this starter in this game is the optimal choice to breeze through Hoenn because its final form matches up so well with other key trainers that appear in the game um that's just more like a side note and so it just com like competitively speaking this pokemon is really great gameplay wise but anyway so its middle stage is combuskin which has a lighter color palette instead of being like the pure orange that we see before it it's like it's it you get more of its exposed legs and up to like its thighs basically so it's slight it's slightly anthropomorphic less of like a chick and more of like a I'm a teenage bird kind of vibe. I don't know. Yeah. But you can get a sense you. of the fighting element a lot more because of the battle yeah. animations and its kicks and things like that too. Um, so I, it, gets the, it gets the secondary have... typing of fighting now, doesn't it? I forget. I, I don't actually, I mean, admittedly the torture line is the one I know the least about because as I said, I'm on my first playthrough of this game. I used the Mudkip evolutionary line. Ironically, this is the starter I've used the most. Psycho. So, I, so don't really I, don't, I, I don't really know anything about torture because I don't really see it because neither me nor my rival have it. Uh, oh, it is a firefighting type. It is. It is. Okay. Okay. It's a firefighting well, in type. And in terms of like Blazer Kit, it gets like more anthropomorphic, I'm pretty sure. Yes, and that's its final form. Get the, like, that's its final form. And then you kind of, you definitely get the sense of it being like a I am grown and I will kick you in the face. To be completely kind honest, the core, like the trajectory from Torchic to Blaziken isn't the most consistent, like design-wise, like it's not the most cohesive. No. It works, it works. Like I think they make, it's it still, works, it's, it's convincing works. enough, but overall it's like from Torchic to Combuskin, it still makes sense. From Combuskin to Blaziken, they actually do look a little bit different in some ways. The only reason that you can say that it's like Blaziken is definitely the evolution of Combuskin is just a very similar color palette, but that's kind of it, because mm. design-wise, um, Blaziken actually looks like a different bird. Yeah. It looks like it looks like a mix of like a like a I don't even know what bird specifically it's a mix of, but it doesn't look like a like a chicken. It loses that oh. original element, but it's a fantastic Pokemon. I really like it. It makes the fighting like the fighting typing work. It looks it's typing, so it looks like a fire fighting type. And my personal opinion, when it comes to Pokemon having more than one typing, there should be elements of it in the design that make it like that evoke its typing. For me, it feels displacing and weird to have a Pokemon that doesn't quite like its its Look, design doesn't match its typing. And there are a I'm lot of talk about that there. later. There are a lot of Pokemon, including starter Pokemon, that end up in that camp. Uh, but yeah. you know why don't let's get to the one that you know the best. Mudkip. Yeah, Mudkip. So out of these three, this is the most practical Pokemon to pick to navigate through the region because the amount of water there is. So having a Pokemon that knows surf, duh, useful. Um it is useful. I can personally attest to the fact that it has been very useful. Uh, in terms of the like getting around bit as well, uh, Mudkip evolutionary line is very good at learning um, 
it has a very versatile moveset yeah. for being so a water very, type. It's very handy to get because it's water by the by um, the second evolution. It's water ground, so it has a very wide moveset. And even Mudkip learns lots of ground type moves, so yes. it is very it's very handy. You can get coverage early on, and that's essential yeah. to some of the early gyms. But I, I know that um, I rely on it. I ended up relying on it so much that it was like five levels higher of the rest of my team, and then I had to put it in the box and then grind the rest of my team so because yeah no I, oh, I know i completely agree with you mudkip is like the easiest to level up for some reason i don't know I'm it just gets over leveled so fast even if you I don't, don't use it all the time even if you don't use it all the time it just becomes know, so because like it's the first the first three gyms um are all weak to either water or ground so it's so easy to level and it gains experience really easy. So I just, I have to like consciously not use it, it a lot because I just over level it all, all the time. All right. So like, and now I've gotten to the point where I can start using it again, but um, so I'm rambling. Let's, let's, let's talk about just a, some fun facts that Volopedia cites about the design of Mudkip. Because in my opinion, Mudkip yeah. is really cute, right? But it Mudkip is, really is, is, is likely based on mud puppies, which are a type of aquatic salamanders, possibly the guild lungfish, axolotls, um, or amphibious fish known as mudskippers. So I have looked at pictures of all of these things. I think axolotls they are really know, They are really weird looking things. All of them. All of these things are weird. Yeah. The guild mud. They're but mud really kip weird. looks adorable. Yeah, it's somehow really endearing. I don't know how it makes it it's work. So it always cute. looks like it's it's a little bit confused because it's like lips are technically downturned. So it looks it's something new and it's adorable. like, did I do something wrong? Like it has that kind of face. It's just it so is adorable. Awesome. It's so cute. Right? Um, I'm like emotionally attached to this thing now. Like, I love it. I love it so much. Um, and so if you don't mind, I was gonna ramble a bit because it's the only po- tell me, the Pokemon tell, I know so most why don't, about. So, 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 so Aaron, why don't you tell us about its evolution and then its final form? Tell us about yeah. this. Uh, so Marsh Tomp is its middle form. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Marsh Tomp isn't quite as cute as Mudkip, I think. But I think that's true for a lot of starter Pokemon. Like, actually that's true for most Pokemon. Like, yes. By the middle and third form, it's not as quite as cute. Like first forms just tend to be cute in like that kind of baby Pokemon way that yes. the other the other kind of evolutions don't really have. Mm-hmm. Um, but Marshtomp is still adorable. Uh, it's ground type. It gains a ground secondary type. So it becomes water ground. Yeah, it's uh, it's which is I found really helpful because, like I said before, it gives you great coverage. Oh, like, and immu- because electric type is is yeah. cannot do any damage to ground types. Yeah. Water, so water is weak to electric, right? Because water yeah. is electricity. So which is it, really it gains helpful. immunity to one of water's primary weaknesses. Which is really helpful because as the third the third gym, I the third or second gym, I think the is an electric third, type third, gym. Third, third. third. the yeah. third gym is an electric type gym. So it's really helpful if you want to use marsh tomp you can use marsh tomp without it dying because it's water ground at this point uh, but at least it was when i made it there so yeah, yeah no it's it's it, the marsh tomp is definitely water ground it's not it's, it doesn't get water ground in, as mudkip though so it's like if you bring no. in mudkip against that yeah. that gym but like in you terms will, of the you levels will, you will hurt in terms of the levels like if you've leveled properly you should have marsh tomp by the time you yeah the, <laughs> yeah the second gym the game otherwise that, yeah. otherwise you die anyway because the pokemon are too high level for yes. you anyway so um you should have marsh tomp by this point uh and it's get at this point it's kind of weird this uh line but it has like a warm blue but swamp hurt sorry marsh tomp yeah. has like a uh faded blue with like the kind yeah. of 
swampy black ridges on its head, right? Yeah, and those are the, the ridges stay consistent to Swamper, but it's kind of funny because Mudkip... And it's a biped. It, it goes yeah. from quadruped to biped. So it's no, it's funny because Mudkip is quadrupedal, Marshchomp is bipedal, and then Swampert is quadrupedal again? Yes. Like, like it, 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 on its feet. It's like I have evolved, but now it, I'm back. It can on it can stand up on 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 its legs, but it actually yeah. props itself up by standing on all fours. Like it is primarily quadrupedal. Uh, Marsh Tomp is really funny because it's bug bipedal, right? But it's got these fin like things at the side. It kind of reminds me a bit of a seal, but it's really funny because when it attacks, it swings them forward. So yeah. Trying to give the other Pokemon a hug, but it's, it's not really quite working. <laughs> And then it kills it, and it's funny because it's a really, it is a really good Pokemon. Like it is, if it's effective against something, it will just KO it. It is a good, really good Pokemon, uh, and Swampert's really good as well. It is like it's a. Heavy I like its design. I like its design. It is. It does have a really good design, and it's a heavy hitter, and it's got pretty decent defense as well. So like, I really like it so far. Um, it's funny it's though, because you know, good. right, right, is that uh, grass is super effective against both water and ground, which makes Sceptile quad super effective against uh, yeah. Swampert. That's interesting, which I like. That is, I mean, so it is, so whenever I fight your, like my rival, I just have to, I can't use it because it will just die straight, straight off. Cause it's, like I said, um, I think uh, obviously dual typing springs there. Um, uh, advantage and disadvantages. Normally, I don't like using uh, to like um, things that are quad tight. weak. I don't like using things that are quad weak. But, but water ground is actually ground. consistently good. Like water ground is good enough at doing other things that it makes up for the fact it's quad weak to grass. Like I can like I don't normally like using quad weak things, but I think um, water ground is a very solid typing. Like, especially that. because of that immunity to electric, yeah, like, that is actually a big factor. Um, yeah, it is, it is, it is good but because that, that concludes our personal review of the early generation starters. That is very true. Let's head to the year 2006 and onwards, where Generator 4 makes its entrance as the succeeding Pokemon generation. And I've also played much more of the later gen, so I can start talking to you guys again about stuff. Woo. Woohoo! Let's get let's Yay! get into it. Uh, so we are just gonna split. The this is uh, this, this is Austin. This is us in post <laughs> realizing. Is, so we were so actually we recorded the whole thing. We looked at the time, realized it was about two hours long. We were like, we we do long episodes, but that's too long. So this uh, is us saying bye for now. We'll probably post this at the same time, so you can go listen to the next one, uh, where we talk about some of the later gens, which is exciting. Uh, it gets a bit sweary, so sorry. Uh, but we're just in in post realizing that was too long, so we are splitting it here. Uh, so thanks for tuning in, folks, and. We'll see you next time. We'll see you shortly, <laughs> depending on the speed that you listen to this episode at, because it's yes. long. It is long. <laughs> All right, doodles, doodles, doodles.